It's great to be with you. Um, I was just looking in the diary and realised that it's um, halfway through November and just this feeling of where's this year gone? It's just disappeared. And then the realisation that Christmas is around the corner. And I've been emailing and texting people about nativities this week um, and all things Christmas. So it's all getting a little bit exciting. Um, so I hope you guys are excited for Christmas too. We've got a, a nice jam-packed um, morning for you this morning over the next hour with um, worship from Becky and um, our talk again from Philippians um, by Ian um, as he encourages us once again um, this week. Um, just to remind you that the chat online, uh, please do continue to chat to us. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts um, about what's going on. Um, and any encouraging scriptures or prayers or praise reports on there would be just amazing to hear this morning. Um, and also the prayer request button. If you have any prayer requests, um, big or small, um, do feel free to press that button and send them in to us. We really love praying for you and just want to be here for you during this time. So do use that button. Um, before I hand over to you, Becky, I'm just going to um, read um, a little bit from Psalm 36. I have spent some time in lockdown one um, going through Psalms and I've decided to do the same again um, in lockdown 2.0. Um, and so I'm just going to read a little um, snippet from you uh, for you um, from Psalm 36 that I found really encouraging. It says, your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains, your justice like the great deep. O Lord, you preserve both man and beast. How priceless is your unfailing love. Both high and low among men find refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast in the abundance of your house. You give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. And so, Father, we thank you this morning that we get to come um, together, um, whether we're in different households or not, Lord. You bind us together as one church family, and we thank you for that. And we thank you that you are welcoming us um, to the river, to your open arms, Lord. Um, whether our week's been really rubbish and really difficult, Lord, or whether it's been amazing, Lord God, we just thank you that we get to well we get to walk into those welcomed arms and i just pray for all of those households this morning each and every one of us whether we're watching this morning or whether we're watching throughout the week that you would just send your holy spirit to fill and anoint us as we seek to worship and to seek to praise and to just be closer to you this morning and we thank you for each and every one of us um, and we just pray that um, one day um We'll get to do this again face to face. Amen. Morning church. It's lovely to have everyone here gathered to worship. And we're just going to praise God together on this wonderful 
wintry morning.
Jesus, that's the cry of our heart this morning. We love you. I want to say, if you, if life feels bitter to you this morning, my prayer is that Jesus would be like sweet honey to you. A taste on your lips. But if you feel dry and barren this morning, his name would be like water to your soul. Giving you life. Streams of living water flowing up from within by his spirit. And if you feel lost this morning with no hope in darkness, my prayer is that his light, the light of his presence, the light of his word would shine over you. In a few moments when we gather around his word, that by his spirit, he would speak through his word and bring light and life and refreshness into you. Just uh, um, as Jess was sharing Psalm 36, said, Lord, your faithfulness reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. And just while we were praying before the service, I was just reminded of uh, 2 Philippians 2.13. It talks about God's faithfulness. It says, when we are faithless, he is faithful because he cannot deny himself. That God at his very nature is faithful. And we can have weeks where we feel like we're doing really, really well. Like we're nailing this thing called following Jesus. And then there's other days where it just feels hard and heavy. And I want to encourage you on those days, God is still faithful. He is faithful to you. He will carry us through. He is faithful in who he is. He is loving. He is consistent. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. So whether you're feeling like you're doing well today or it's feeling like this is a hard one today. You know, there's some days where I go for runs and it feels like you can fly for ages. And then there's other days I went for a run just before church this morning and 5K felt like 25K. It's just a hard slog. Some days can be like that. I want to tell you that God is still with you. He is still faithful. It reaches to the skies. It reaches to the clouds. It wraps around you. So I wonder, Becky, will you just lead us in that song? Just that your name is like honey. Let's just let these words wash over us. And I pray that the spirit of truth will just wash over us the reality of this, that he is like honey upon our lips, sweetness in your life. That it be like refreshing water washing over you, his presence and lighting the path that you walk on. Maybe just the next step ahead, but you'll know that the light of his presence is with you as we sing right now. Thanks, Becky. Your name is like honey on my lips. Your spirit like water to my soul. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Jesus, I love you. I love you. Your name is like honey on my lips. Your spirit like water to my soul. Your word quarter to my soul 
Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Jesus, I love you. I love you. Yes, Jesus, I love you. I love you. Yes, Jesus, I love you. Love you. Lord, we thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. Just while Becky leads us in this next song, uh, I wonder if you want to give this morning. Uh, we're trying to make giving during this season as easy as we can. So we're going to put up a link um, to, to give this morning. Uh, you can click on that link and it'll take you through to a page where you can just put the amount in. There's a, a QR code as well that might come up at some point that you can scan. Uh, but if you want to give during this next song, this is a moment where you can. Uh, over these next couple of weeks, we're going to be launching our uh, Christmas appeal. So we're going to give locally and globally. We'll put a link up for that, but we'll speak into it more next week. But just to say this week, if you want to give, then every penny we raise this Christmas, we're going to give for uh, giving hampers to the to the children, the, the young people that we help uh, and partner with through the Vineyard Learning Centre at our building in Shottery. So those teenagers who are going through the GCSEs that have been expelled or at risk from exclusion. We're going to give some Christmas hampers to this year. And we're also going to be supporting the Elam Missions COVID appeal, helping people across our world that are still struggling with this global pandemic. There'll be two links. Uh, you can give you regular giving if you'd like to to OCC this morning. Just click on that link. Uh, there'll be a second link if you want to give into our Christmas appeal over these next few weeks, then please do that just while Becky leads us in this song right now. Thanks, Becky. So death could not 
But Ian brings the word. We're going to be gathering around uh, Philippians 1 again, working our way through verse by verse into Philippians. Uh, and so if you've missed any of that, please get on our website. You can listen again uh, from the start of that series uh, and Ian continuing this morning. But if there, if there is anything you need from the church, please uh, pastorally, or you just need someone to speak to or pray with, then you can email us at pastoral at occ-stratford.org.uk. Um, there'll be a link, hopefully a, a shot coming up with that email address on so you can see that and uh, please contact us uh, and we'd love to be able to get in touch with you, pray with you, uh, help you with, with anything you might need. Uh, so please contact us if there's any need that you've got um, during this next season. That would be great. Uh, just to remind you that next week on the last Sunday of every month, we don't have a public uh, service like this that's streamed. We go and have a private Zoom call. Anybody is welcome. So whether you've been uh, joining us online uh, and but you don't know anybody, please, it's a great opportunity to come on and see some faces. And we take communion together uh, around 45 uh, minutes together where we just take communion, pray and celebrate what God's doing with some testimonies and worship together uh, as a church family. So next week, there won't be the service here live streamed but we'll send the link through uh, in a few moments there's a, a link that will come up on your chat that you can uh, click on but we'll also email that out at, email that out and also if you want to get on our e-newsletter it gets sent through that as well um also uh, we're going to play a video now of uh, a little advert for our christmas service so phil if you can play that video that'd be great Is that going to happen? Maybe not. Nope. This is live TV, guys. So we're going to carry on and we'll see what happens. Um, just so you know that the links for the uh, appeal have gone online. Uh, so they'll come up maybe on the screen in a few moments if we're not having any technical difficulties um, to be able to give into our Christmas appeal where we're giving globally and locally. So to the project that we have at our building in, Sh in Shottery and also to those struggling with COVID around the world. Um, I'm just going to see whether we're going to have the video. Uh, I'm going to introduce it and we'll see what happens. So uh, let's play this video. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I don't know if you've noticed, but the lights are up in our town. Uh, the chill is in the air. Christmas is just around the corner. But you know what I'm going to miss so much about this year? That we cannot be together for our annual nativity service where we see us all come together and the kids dress up and even the adults dress up and we have a little competition. Uh, and some of that dressing up is a little bit obscure. I think uh, Abraham will go down in uh, uh, Christmas history for OCC. I didn't know where to look that year. Uh, but we're going to invite you this year, even though we can't be together, Together to still get dressed up. We're still going to have some fun. We're not going to let uh, the restrictions stop us from having some fun. So we're asking you to get dressed up and submit your photos by the 7th of December, Monday the 7th of December. Submit your photos to us and we're going to put them up online and allow everybody to vote. So our online nativity service this year, we can announce the winner of the best dressed, fancy dress OCC Christmas competition 2020. So don't miss out, get dressed up, whether it's some crazy reindeer ears or some funky Christmas jumpers or whether you've got some great ideas about how you can obscure link things into the nativity. Get dressed up, young and old and everyone in between. Let's have some fun this Christmas and we will announce that at our nativity uh, online service in December. Have some fun.
this lockdown is not going to stop us having some fun. So if you are able to send your photos in, get dressed up as families, as individuals, have some fun. Um, we'll uh, we'll send that out in an email for people to vote and then be able to submit uh, and let you know who's won that competition. And I think there probably will be a prize. So it is worth entering. Uh, I'm going to hand over to Ian now, who's going to continue our study into the book of, of uh, Philippians. So if you've got a Bible, grab yourself a Bible. We're going to be in Philippians chapter one. Ian, it's over to you. Thank you, John. Um, I've got the same uh, issue as you this morning for getting to unmute. Uh, just So we are going to be in Philippians chapter 1, uh, 18 through to 26 this morning. Um, so if you can have a chance to, if you've got Bibles, pick that up and we're going to work our way through it. Um, if you want a working title for this morning, it's, it's really how to live your best life. Um, I don't know whether you've, uh, you're on social media and you, you're on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook and sometimes you'll get this hashtag, uh, best life, living my best life. And, uh, and, and often it's attached to photos with people on some, some beautiful beach or uh, having a beautiful meal or just getting the, the, the favorite, you know, their brand new car or, you know, some big moment, this best life that indicates that everything is well. Um, now, just for those of you maybe are, 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 are digging into this for the first time, I want to remind yourself and us that actually uh, Paul is in prison in this moment. And, uh, and so it seems like a strange title, doesn't it, to give how to live your best life when actually the author of the letter that we're digging into is in prison and contained. So how, how can we understand what it looks like to live our best life in light of what Paul has to say to us this morning? Well, I think this passage uh, here gives us um, four, four keys, really, to how to live our best life, even when circumstances don't seem to be going too well. There's not an Instagrammable moment. You know, we all love those, don't we? A little take the picture and Instagram it and we can present this picture of, of our best life. But that's not the way that Paul sees it. And so let me read it and then we'll dig, dig in and, uh, and we'll see where we go this morning. OK, so from verse 18b uh, says this. Uh, yes, I will rejoice for I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now, as always, Christ will be honoured in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labour for me. Yet which shall I choose? I cannot tell. I'm hard pressed between the two. My desire is to, de is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Uh, scholars generally accept that this is, this is probably one of Paul's um, last letters that he wrote in prison. Actually, Ephesians and some of the others precede uh, this, uh, this, this letter to the Philippines. And it actually, it's, it's one of his most personal letters. And I wonder whether Paul, as he's coming towards the end of his, what he thinks maybe is the end of his ministry, he's writing this personal note to people that he's not just, they're not, they've not been mission fodder. They've not just been there for his hit to expression of his ministry. Uh, 
but he's he, he's created community and genuine love for these people. You see that expressed. He he loves them, and he wants the very best for them. And so, is is it really any wonder that with with his current circumstances, being in prison, that he's penning a letter to people that mean mean something so so much to him? I don't think so. And I think that's why we can begin to get a picture of Paul's understanding of, of community, of life, of the Spirit's activity, of hope in the midst of challenging circumstances, because his life is so much bigger than the sum total of what he's currently experiencing. And so uh, we are, uh, one, one commentary dictator said this in relation to this passage, says we're all familiar with situations that are so dreadful that death is a relief. But Paul is, is not saying that death is better than the worst of life. He's saying that death is better than the best of life. So how can we begin to live the best life when death is so much a part of this passage? What does that even begin to look like and mean for us? And I'm sure you can relate to some circumstances in life where you think, oh, it'd be so much easier if, if we're out of here. But Paul has a different perspective about his circumstances and life and death that I think are going to be really crucial for us this morning. So let's just begin in verse, verse 18a. It says, yes, I will rejoice. Uh, it's almost like Paul is making a choice. He's not, he's not allowing his circumstances and his, his current containment to define how he is going to respond to, uh, to what is happening to him, but also in relation to his, his faith and his walk with, with Jesus and his his ability to minister to others. I will rejoice. There's a choice to rejoice. There is a choice that you make in the current circumstances to rejoice. I think that's maybe what Paul is trying to indicate to us, that our circumstances don't determine our ability to rejoice in the Lord. Um, for I know. Now, this is, again, I find this really interesting because Paul is, is saying with an absolute confidence his, his confidence isn't based upon the circumstances he finds himself in, but his confidence is based in something other because he's come to know and experience the, 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 the life-transforming power of the resurrected Christ at work in him and through him. And so Paul's confidence, he says this, I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. So Paul is asserting a great confidence in the prayers of the people and the help of the Spirit of Christ. Now, the Holy Spirit doesn't, doesn't get a, an explicit mention too much in this letter, actually. But here we have the first instance of where the Holy Spirit is, is mentioned, the Spirit of Christ. This is what he's, he is saying, that this, the Holy Spirit it performs Christ in us and is the one who leads us to Christ and reveals Christ and is uh he 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 is that so he's in the spirit of christ this will turn out for my deliverance paul isn't just saying there's two things in operation here the prayers and the holy spirit what he's actually trying to trying to indicate is the is the close re, the, the close relationship between prayer and the activity of the spirit the people um, of philippi uh, knew that Paul was in prison. They they sent uh, 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 some goods and material uh, possessions to him in order to help him through that process. So they knew where he was. They knew what he was experiencing, and it fueled the prayers of the in, of their intercession. And so they expected, and Paul expected that through their prayers, the Holy Spirit would be active 
in in not not in necessarily Paul's release, but in that Christ would turn it out for his deliverance, whether that was to be his 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 release from captivity, or as we'll see, his his death. Either way, Paul knew that his his life wasn't based upon the circumstances of freedom, physical, literal freedom, or liberation from this light, this life, if you like, into in, into the fullness of salvation. His his uh, his confidence was in Jesus's ability to deliver him whichever way through the activity of the Spirit, and so prayers and the Spirit we uh, and the Spirit we see so closely relinked and I, I i wonder whether you and i pray with the same sense of um verve that the uh that the philippian church prayed for and uh and have that same confidence that god will turn it out for our deliverance whichever way and so then in verse 20 he says this as, as is my eager expectation and hope that i will not be ashamed again his confidence that this deliverance would bring about uh, this ex- this expectation and hope that Paul, not that not that Paul would be ashamed, but Christ would be that Christ wouldn't be ashamed. Actually, through his life, through his death, or his release, that uh, in in the opportunity to stand before the rulers, Paul would pr- uh, powerfully and and boldly and courageously proclaim and reveal Christ, and in so doing, not be ashamed. But that full courage, full courage. Now, as always, Christ will be honoured in my body, whether by left, uh, by, whether by life or by death. Paul's abiding prayer, it seems, was this: that he would have confidence and courage and boldness to powerfully proclaim Christ and Christ alone, nothing other, not his circumstances, not his, not his, uh, his apostleship. But Christ and Him crucified—that was His His mandate. This letter is a is a is a testament to Christ and the gospel. He's pointing the people to Jesus and to the power of the gospel, the redemptive power of the gospel in all its fullness. And so Paul's Paul's hope, his expectation, is that Christ will not be ashamed, and that He will indeed be honoured, that Christ will be lifted up. And so it leads us through into verse 21. And so if you want to, if you like it, the, the, the point of how we live our best life in these, in these verses is contained with this number, number one, is that live, live life for someone beyond yourself. I think we see that Paul lived his life for someone else beyond, beyond even the Philippian church, beyond any of his own ministries, beyond his own life. He lived it for Christ fully and absolutely because he understood what Christ had done for him and so if we want to live our best life it is not in our self-serving it's not in serving ourselves and maintaining an impression of 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 respectability or the pursuit of stuff but is living a life that is way beyond our own ability and being found in christ live want to live your best life how to live our best life live beyond yourself live beyond yourself and for someone else and his name is jesus and so he goes into them verse 21 for uh, to me to live is christ and to die is gain now I, i'm sure that this is a very familiar verse to you uh, you may you, you may have seen it on fridges you may have seen it as a little proof text that, that people bring out every now and again roll it in it's, it's, and it's a great and powerful verse but and we can so easily allow that to come off our tongue can't we like 
Oh, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But do we fully understand or appreciate the impact of actually what Paul is saying in this moment? Because for many of us, we, uh, we can maybe fit in the gaps there. We could say for me to live is, as Warren Wiersbe has put, for me to live is, is money and to die is to leave it all behind. Or for me to live is fame and to die is to be forgotten. Or for me to live is power and to die is to lose it all. Or we could add for me to live is family and to, and to die is to, is to let them down. Or for me to live is, you fill in the gaps. What's the gap there at this moment in your life? Because for Paul, in the midst of his circumstance, it was he could write legitimately and authentically, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Why? Because he had a picture of, of Jesus as sovereign Lord over all things and his kingdom that far transcended his current circumstances. It far, it far beyond the here and the now. And he understood that to be in Christ was to was to have enough to be in Christ was to be fulfilled to be in, in Christ was to be a new creation to be in Christ was to have all that we all that we were intended to be at our disposal not all the stuff not all the material possessions not all the wants in this life but actually in the innermost parts to be able to rejoice in all circumstances because he was found in Jesus so for Paul to live is Christ to die is gain I, I don't know about you but I I want that to be true of me. I, I want that to be true of my life. I want that to be the, the thing that shapes my best life, is to live with that single focus that Paul had. He counted everything else as to be lost in order that Christ might be gained. He, he pushed it all aside so that he could know Christ in the fullness of his, his, in his sufferings and in his life. Paul's relentless focus and pursuit was to know Jesus and to be found in Jesus so for you and I is that is that so today to live for us to live is Christ and to die is gain to to live to Christ means to to give ourselves fully over to him to his rule and to his reign it it means to to put aside the old stuff and push that to one side not not in our own effort or might, but understanding that Christ died for us to free us and liberate us from the things that hold us back, from encountering the fullness of life to engaging in our best life. It's only found in Jesus. In Jesus, we are brought into a, a new humanity. The old has gone, the old life has gone, and the new has been found in Christ. We are, we are made complete and being made complete in him as we pursue him to live the life in Christ is indeed to live the best life so if you want to live a how to live a life uh, the, your best life live a life with a single focus what's your focus what's your attention and sure they have the, uh, that one focus will express itself maybe in many things but is your one focus to live for jesus and to know him and if we face death is it to understand that actually in our in our dying is to gain so much more is to be is to be with jesus is to be complete in him so let's move on and so verse 22 says this if i am to live in the flesh that means fruitful labor for me yet which shall i choose i cannot tell i'm hard pressed between the two my desire is to depart and be with christ for that is far better 
Again, understand that Paul wasn't trying to escape, just escape life. He, he understood that he had things to do. He, he, was, he was made for a purpose. It wasn't just like, oh, this is terrible. Get me out of here. It wasn't like the, you know, the celebrities, although I haven't watched this, this series so far, you know, in the castle, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. I wasn't Paul's thinking, like, get me out of this life. It's terrible. Paul understood that whether he was to live, literally live and be set free from prison or to die, it was for Christ. And to whichever way to live would be for Christ, to die would be for, for gain. Uh, if I live in the flesh, it means fruitful labor. So to, for Paul, it wasn't just to get through this life. It wasn't just to get through this life and, and just scrape by. For us to, uh, for Paul, for Paul to live and to, uh, to, to be released from prison, was in order that he might uh, might be fruitful in his work. Now, for some, it was saying that he might um, might come towards the end of, and finish off the work that he'd begun. For others, uh, other scholars are thinking that maybe it, it might have been the sense that he was going for a new mission field, new opportunities, new churches, more church plants, and, and that sense of movement. And I think whichever one we rest on, I think both may be, may be true. I think for Paul, he was very much about strengthening and equipping and releasing the, the work that he'd all, they'd already started. But for Paul, for Paul, it was about the advancement of the gospel and seeing the gospel advance to people who hadn't yet heard the good news. And this in Paul, he, he has, he says, it's almost like he's saying he's got a choice. Which will it be? Which will I choose? Because actually, I'd rather be, go and be with Jesus. I'd rather go and be with him. But actually, I know that it's it, because that would be far better. But then he goes on in verse 24. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary. And we'll come to that in a moment. But how do you live your best life? How do you live your best life when you understand uh, when we understand what Paul's facing? Well, I think we get to we how we live our best life is to live life like you have a choice. I think you have a choice and I have a choice about how we live. I, I don't think it, it just stuff just happens. I, I think Paul was intentional with his life. He said, well, this is this is this is what it's going to be like. If I'm going to be set free, um, then it will be fruitful labor. It won't be just waiting back and being thankful that I got out of that situation. This will be I'm going to put myself in more danger. I'm going to put myself in positions where this could happen again. And in fact, some scholars believe that this um, Paul will find out was Paul was released. But actually, towards uh, only a few months time, he would be rearrested and then would be be executed. And so Paul um, was willing to put himself in danger again for the sake of the advancement of the gospel. It wasn't, oh, let's just batten down the hatches. No, he he chose. He chose to live the life that God called him to. So live with a single focus and make a choice to live that intentional life that God has created you for. Finally. He says this, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this. Again, I, I don't know whether you've noticed something about these verses, but Paul is absolutely convinced in God's ability to bring about his plan. He's, he's, he is so sure of his, the Lord's sovereignty over all things that he entrusts his very life to him, his mission to him and to the, uh, to the, the people that he's, he's ministering to. Convinced of this, I know I will remain and continue with you for your progress and joy in the faith, 
two things that Paul is focused on and, and is convinced of, that if he's going to remain, if he's going to be released and go back to the church in, in, in Philippi, it will be for their progress in the faith so that they may be strengthened and grow and mature, but it will also be for their joy. It will be their, their, their joy that he will be back. Could you imagine that moment of reconciliation when he's been released from prison and he's back in the community? You see, Paul didn't live a life isolated from community, which we see actually from the opening verses of this passage. This idea that their, their prayers and the Holy Spirit forming and fusing community, a life together in which he longed to be with them. Why? Not so they could just simply hang out and enjoy life, but so there might be progress with the gospel and the glory of God. So that, he goes on to say, in me, you may have ample cause to glory in Christ because of my coming you again for paul paul's life was about the glory of god it was about living in the way in a way that demonstrated the the resurrected jesus as the one who rules and reigns over all things the one who holds life together and in his in his death paul is saying if i die it's not the end it's not the finale it's not done but actually it's far better to be with Christ. Why? Not because Paul was going to stay in heaven forever as, you know, sitting on the clouds playing the harp with Jesus forever. He would be with Jesus forever. But it was the, Paul in Paul's mind, there was this resurrection that was to come and the renewal and redemption of all things. And so this period of time would be with Jesus, but he would be with Jesus forever. And this glory of Christ is through the church and his people that live in such a way that uh, do not fear the things that, are, that this life throws at us, but are able to live our best life in the midst of challenging circumstances. Why? Because our hope is not fixed upon the things that we see, but on the things that are unseen. And more importantly, in the one who rose again from, 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 from the dead. And his name is Jesus. So how do you live your best life? Well, I think you live... Uh, you live life for someone beyond yourself. I think you live life with a single focus. I think you live life uh, like you have a choice. And finally, I think you live life for the benefit of others. See, so often we live um, a small life because we're, we're so self-serving and self-oriented that we, that we forget the bigger picture. We forget that actually we serve the one who reigns over all things and he's called us to invest in, all, in, in others in such a way for their benefit and for their good. Could it be that like the Apostle Paul, we serve in such a way for their progress and joy? May it be. Because for Paul, his circumstances didn't determine his outlook. His outlook determined how he would respond to his circumstances and his outlook was fixed on Jesus. So live your, let's live our life, whatever the circumstances we find ourselves in. By the way, Paul wasn't ignorant of his circumstances. He wasn't like a word of faith going, oh, these, these circumstances aren't real. This, he, it was very real. His, his imprisonment was very real. His hardship was very real. His challenges were very real. The threat of death was very real. But he understood. He understood that his life was hidden in Christ and he was secure and safe in him, come what may. And it enabled him to live life in such a way that demonstrated the power of the resurrected Christ at work in him. My prayer for us is that we would be that kind of people too. Thanks so much for listening.
And then what, what an amazing song to finish with. Nothing compares to the promise I have in you. Uh, as Ian has shared with us, uh, we're praying that this week, each one of us um, would would live our best life. Not that necessarily we get everything we want, uh, that the Christmas list would be full and everything is going the way we need it to, but actually that we would live uh, life for someone beyond ourselves, that we would live life with a single focus, that we'd realise that in this life we have a choice, uh, that we would live for the benefit of others. Uh, what a great uh, message for me and thank you. I'm, I'm just going to read uh, what Paul writes there, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. We're praying for each other. Let's just pray for each other right now. Uh, just, just say one prayer in your heart or out loud. Just pray over our church that this week we would be able to live lives uh, that reveal Christ to those around us, that we would live our best life, that we would live for, the, for, the, uh, for someone beyond ourselves. We would live with a single focus. We would live knowing we have a choice. We would live for the benefit of others and by the power of the spirit within us we'd actually be able to live like that so we're praying for you this week uh, as we seek to live lives uh, for Jesus and for the extension of his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven amen guys don't forget next week we don't have a live stream service we're on zoom so please do email admin at occ-stratford.org.uk if you want the login details for that we'd love to see as many of you as can come together to take communion and be together for that this time next week but until then uh, know that god is with you his spirit is within you and we're seeing his kingdom come in greater measure in stratford upon avon and beyond have a blessed week <laughs>